Hi everybody, you're listening to 15 in 15, a short series of podcasts commissioned by the Association of Contextual Behavioural Science to promote Worldcon 15 coming up this year in Sevilla in Spain. My name's Richard Bennett and I've been interviewing people from across the CBS community who are inputting to this year's World Conference in Seville. For episode 10, I spoke to Louise Hayes. Our conversation focused around the development of the DNAV model of ACT. This is a reformulation of ACT designed for use with adolescents, and Louise will be co-presenting a pre-conference workshop around the model at the Seville Conference. Right, so hi Louise, it's really lovely to be speaking to you on this fine morning. Hi Rich, it's very nice to be speaking to you too on this fine afternoon. Ah. <laughs> yeah. The wonders of modern technology. Absolutely. So uh, it would be great if we could get a little um, background just in terms of maybe who you are and uh, what it is that you do or you spend your time doing these days. Okay, sure. Well, I'm a clinical psychologist um, and I work in a couple of different fields. I work in private practice. I really, part of that, the reason why I do private practice is that I like to work with clients, but also I think um, that it's a really important way of helping to do training and so I'm a trainer as well and so I think if you do private practice or client work and training it's it's a much better way to do it so that's why I do both and I also do some writing and speaking and I've just been elected as the president of ACBS as well so that'll keep me out of trouble I'm sure. (laughs) I did see that yeah congratulations. Thank you. So your private practice is that so I know that you work with children and adolescents do you is it do you do exclusively that? No, I see adults too. Mostly I see adolescents and adults. The pre-conference workshop that you're putting on in Seville um, is around the DNAV model. That's correct. That's correct. So Joseph Chiroki, my partner in crime, Joe and I uh, spent four years writing the um, book called The Thriving Adolescent. And inside that book is a model that we call DNAV. And it was a model that helped us address development really we really wanted to look at how development happens and how uh, young people grow and in the process we ended up finding some interesting things that were about growth and development for not just children and adolescents but adults too it's it's interesting to me partly because I I speak from a naive position of not really working with children or or adolescents um, hardly hardly ever actually and um, when I'm training uh, one of the questions I get and I kind of dread getting is this act stuff yeah, it's all very well but how am I going to do this with kids and so my, my stock answer these days is uh, um, have a look at the thrivingadolescent.com and have a look at that book um, and there's this thing called DNAV and that's about as good as it gets so it would be what would be really helpful for me and probably for some of the listeners is a is a kind of a sense of what what that model offers um, that the the more established formulation of, of, of ACT doesn't, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that's a great question, Rich. Um, and so w- what happened is I've been doing ACT for a really long time and using the adult ACT model, and you can use it quite well if you're a skilled clinician, you can make adaptations, but there were always some developmental pieces that were uncomfortable for us. And so we had lots of discussions with um, uh, people the founders and also with um, people who are well informed in the area that we work in and you know some of the pieces that don't fit 
um, or that make it hard. Whenever I do my training, I will always say to, to clinicians, what are the bits that are hard when you work with young people? And invariably they talk about how values are really complex and difficult to do. And that makes sense because young people are in the process of deciding who they are and what they what they want to be about. And that changes, you know, from purple hair one year to um, a conservative person the next year, for example. And so there's a that so the values piece is really difficult because we we're not born with a set of values. We develop them as we grow. Um, and so that's a piece that was really important. The other part that is really interesting to us as we looked at development and how developmental issues impact is that if you look at therapy rich, much of the therapies that are done with children and teenagers, for example, are adult therapies made simple. So what we do is we have these great models for adults, ACT is one of them, and we take the language and we massage it and make it a little bit simpler and then we apply it to children and adolescents. But yet we have, a, we have decades of developmental literature showing that children and adolescents are not young adults or not small adults and um, that there are issues that they that, that are involved in growth that we need to consider. So that was our first starting point. And then when we started to look at that, values was one. But there were other issues, for example, um, take in ACT, one of the classic ones is diffusion. So when people are caught and hooked by language, the classic thing that you do with adult ACT work is diffusion. Well, there's just some tricky things when you come to children and adolescents and thinking about just using diffusion or diffusion as the primary thing around language and navigating your context with language. And that is that young people are in the process of actually learning how to think, learning how to use their uh, language tools for navigating the world. So our task is to help them not just diffuse from it if they're hooked, but our task is to help them learn to use language in a way that is more flexible and more functional. Um, and so when you start to look at it like that, you see that there are a whole range of things that are really very different. Um, and so that was how we ended up with a model that we call DNAV. Um, the other part of it that is really interesting is there's a part of our model, the D stands for discoverer. And the part that part of that model is looking at how we grow and learn skills and learn the skills of agency and autonomy as we grow. And that's a, a completely different space, um, in my opinion, than working with an adult uh, and how you might work with an adult. You can do the same thing as we do with young people with adults, but there's a piece that's missing in there. And um, So this is a kind of a long answer, but if you think about it, um, a, the skills of learning how to grow and become autonomous and develop agency in the world begin right from infancy with things like a young child learning how to stand up and walk. And if you watch a young child, they stand up and fall down and stand up and fall down and stand up and fall down. And that process is uh, a, a, an evolutionary adaptation that we have as humans to learn how to navigate and manipulate our physical world. And that's a piece that's really important inside our work. So that, yeah, that's a really interesting answer and it, and it completely um mirrors the kind of questions that i've noticed that people ask in training um particularly around values and some of the more abstract parts of diffusion i'm really interested in your journey to this did, did you 
sort of arrive at this organically out, out of kind of trying to apply ACT and it not quite working so well? Or, or did you did you come at this from a completely different perspective, sort of almost with the knowledge that you had to rebuild this thing? So so I started doing ACT work at around about 2003 and my, my area of expertise has always been with adolescents and trying to use ACT with adolescents. And, and it, there, it, it works and you can use the adult model, but there were always some pieces that we felt didn't fit. So... It arrived um, from really an applied um, process of trying to use uh, the model and working out what didn't fit. And I work clinically, um, and my colleague Joseph Chiroki, he works in schools. So between the two of us, working out which are the pieces that don't uh, that that we need to think about, and then it came as a lightning bolt. Really, one day when we realised that. Most therapies that are done with teenagers and children are adult therapies made simple, and that's shocking to me because uh, we don't we we know very well that they're not the same. But to see that we just make the language simple and apply it was shocking to me. So we went back to the developmental literature, and um, Joseph does a lot of uh, longitudinal work around here. So and has been doing longitudinal work for a very long time with teenagers. So we spent a lot of time with uh, the teenager literature. And then we found we had to go back to the child literature and look at growth and development as well and look at issues around how you um, grow safe in the world and, and how your sense of attachment is influenced. And so we ended up by default with a, a wholly contextual behavioural science, not by default, was by design, but yet we ended up with a wholly contextual behavioural science model because if you look at children, then you have to look at how they're attached and grow with through nurturing and safety in the world and adolescence too. And so we ended up having to look at those evolutionary adaptations and how attachment influences young people and how that influences how we grow. Um, and we ended up on this kind of a journey. It's, it's interesting that there's one of the other things I find myself saying a lot in training is there's there's always a geeky reason for everything in in the in the CBS world, and uh, you know I guess it's one of the things I really admire about this community that nothing arrives sort of just by chance. It, it seems that there's a there's quite a, an organic process, but quite a scientific process of sort of looking at the way the world works and then trying to um, design things that that are true to that. If, if that makes sense to you, and it, it, it sounds like this is a process that you've gone through here, that you, you've tried to do a certain um, type of therapy, type of interventions, and you've you've noticed through observation and some of the longitudinal work you alluded to that there are there are gaps, and you've you've tried really hard to plug those gaps. Absolutely, that's correct. You can't do it from your you can't do it from your armchair, and I believe you can't do it purely academically. I think you need that balance of academic um, work and applied work, uh, and that's the foundation of ACT really. And so we've tried to do that in DNAV, which we consider to be the youth model of ACT. And so, turning our attention to the workshop, um, so talk us through. So, what's what's this workshop called, and and what what's the content? Okay. The workshop is called Developing Vitality, using the DNAV model to help young people and the adults around them to co-develop well-being and excellence. Um, so that's a bit of a long title. but so really, snappy, well, snappy title. <laughs> <laughs> snappy title. One of the things that we do that I was talking, alluding to before is that DNAV model is about growth. Um, and so 
if you think of what we need to do to help a young child learn to grow, let's start from there. So to help a young child learn to grow, we need to look at how to help them develop strengths and how to help them develop ways of being autonomous and to move around in the world. So if you begin with a child, you're helping them learn how to walk is the first place. But by the time you've got a teenager, you're helping them learn how to do things like um, be independent, how to take risks, how to move about in the world as um, outside of their family. And so things like risk-taking, sensation-seeking, love of novelty are uh, embedded inside um, development. And so we use that in the model to help um, people, uh, young people grow and become stronger. Um, and we use some, some of the theories that we use inside it includes things like Barbara Fredrickson, Broaden and Build theory to think about how we can help um, develop and grow humans. But then because every young person, child or adolescent, comes connected to, to a parent or to a family, we found we had to work with families and parents as well. And in the process of doing that, we discovered that there's something really interesting in using this with adults too. Um, so what we're going to do is we, the workshop will be a bunch of experiential exercises. We will make it fun because that's what we do when we work with young people. We will have fun um, and we will have experiential exercises that can be used for young people and the adults that are around them. Because you never just work with a teenager, of course. If you work with a teenager, you work with the teachers or the parents. So by default, we end up having to work with adults. So we'll be using experiential exercises. We have uh, fun activities that we do. We also have serious therapeutic style activities that we do. We play games and we work out how to do it for everyone from how to, how to do this work from an individual through to a group level. So that's what I hope to do in the workshop. So people are going to get a, a walk through the model, um, I guess something about the history of it, but there's going to be this large experiential element of how do you deliver this stuff. Exactly, exactly. They'll get a walk through the model for um, just a little part of the starting and start of the, of the first day. Um, and then the rest of the work will be experiential. We're going to show them um, how to use DNAV by doing it rather than talking at them. So we have a bunch of games that we'll play and as well as doing therapeutic interactions and watching how it unfolds. One thing I'm noticing my mind saying right now, actually I've said this has happened quite a lot as I've done these interviews, is like that sounds like a really cool workshop and maybe I'll go to that one. <laughs> um, and but it's just interesting that it's doing that now because I, I don't work with children uh, clinically, but I am a parent. And so I, I just wondered about whether you, th who you thought this was for, and and uh, you, you expecting just people that work therapeutically with children, or do you think it might have a broader appeal than that? Well, Rich, I've been running uh, DNAV workshops around the world for the last three or four years, and uh, what I discover is it's useful for people who not just work with children, but we also have um, teachers who come along to our workshops. Uh, we have people who work in schools, and we have parents and people who work with parents um, so uh, the focus will be on people who work with um, teenagers and the, the adults around them which includes parents teachers uh, counselors mental health professionals so quite a broad appeal then um, and so it's not necessarily that if you it's just direct work with children you know, you'd expect a wider group of people to attend I guess that enriches the the crowd as well well yeah uh, uh, yes it does rich and um, 
it's one of the interesting parts about working with children or adolescents is that you never just work with children or adolescents. They all come with a parent. So we, we work with the parents too. And with the DNAV model, we, um, when we created the model, we created it in such a way that we are doing the DNAV model with adults and their children or adolescents or their students if they're in the um, school system. And we use the model on adults so that they can use it on children and adolescents. And we find that, it, that that is a nice way to um, create synergy. So we use the DNAV model um, in family groups as well to help families. And we do the same work with parents as we do with the teenagers. Okay, that's a really helpful overview. Thank you. Just lastly, before we before we finish, uh, I've, always, I've been speaking to people in these interviews and just asking them to, to invite them to, to acknowledge the fact that we're all off to Spain together. And I wondered if there's anything you wanted to say about that in terms of connections um, to, to Spain or to particular people either in or outside of the community? Well, uh, let me just first say one thing. If you're thinking about going to the DNAV model or you want to know some more about it, if you go to our website, thrivingadolescent.com, thrivingadolescent.com, you will see uh, a lot of resources that are there and um, including free tip sheets and videos and things that we're in the process of making that might help you understand the model a little bit better. So that aside... Why go to Sevilla? Because the World Conference is just one of the best uh, ways to get in contact with understanding contextual behavioural science from all levels, whether you're an educator or a practitioner. Um, but why I go? Because the people I love will be there. And this is a really awesome community. It's a great place to hang out. And uh, I think we have the best people in the world coming along to the conference. So it's good from all angles. Science and wonderful people. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you very much, Louise. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. And it just remains for me to say, and nos vemos en Sevilla, that we will see each other again in Spain. Thank you, Rich, very much. Thank you for your time.